0: Let's talk a bunch of different topics. How'd her career get there? This is a podcast with Lauren Asgari. This is the Lauren Asgari podcast, How'd Her Career Get There. And my guest today is Amanda Giannotti, who is the president of Allegram, amongst a slew of other things. So I'm just gonna mention a couple. Uh, member of the Awards Associates of America and a graduate of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business Business program. Did I get that right? Yes. So welcome, welcome. Well, thank you, Lauren. Happy to be here. I am excited to talk with you. Um, I'm going I'm to jump right into it. Let's, well, let's start with Allogram. Give a, give a quick overview of what Allogram was, and then we'll go back to talking about how you got there.
1: Okay. Well, Graham, uh, we like to say we're masters of the perfect moment. Uh, we work with our clients uh, to determine how they see that moment when they present their recipient with an award. And then we go to work to fabricate a product to elicit those feelings. Um, everything we do is pretty much custom. Uh, and we are believers in the power of recognition.
0: So let's start um let's start Amanda as a little girl. Tell me, give me, give me kind of your foundation story. So where are you from? Only child. What were you like as a kid? Uh,
1: I am the oldest of three. I was fortunate enough to be born to very young parents. Uh, My parents um, had me when they were 17 years old. Uh, So it's a long time ago, but they, um, Eventually left their hometown in Western Pennsylvania where I was born and moved to Glen Burnie, Maryland actually because my dad um, took a job at the CM Kemp Company and he was going to school at night at Hopkins. Um, He eventually went on to be one of five owners of the CM Kemp Company and then was bought out and had to sign a non-compete. And then he went to work with my mom in the trophy business. So, uh, grew up. We moved. We moved through the years from Glen Burnie to Saverna Park to Annapolis, back to Saverna Park. Um, and as as my father's career progressed, and he, you know, got more under his feet and made some more money. And um, I am the oldest of three. I have two younger brothers. Uh, one of them is uh, at University of Maryland. He's the head of engineering, IT, or something like that. I don't know, but. Um, He's been a great asset to have. He is my technology go-to guy and and he knows the business very well because he grew up in it and uh, he helps tremendously. And then my youngest brother is an attorney out in Portland, Oregon.
0: And what were you like as a kid? What were some of your personality traits?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I was probably a pretty geeky kid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I got in, in any trouble. Um, I got pretty good grades in school, I worked pretty hard, I think I was an overachiever, um, or at least I, I tried to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you remember from your parents from either, and as, as I ask you this, I'm gonna shift my computer around to, uh, I don't like my light right now. Um, what do you remember from your parents from either of them individually or together, um, a trait or something that you learned from them that you carry through and as impacted who you are today I think uh, education
1: and definitely, my parents were big on education. I remember um, like junior senior year of high school, kids were talking about, well, are we going to go am I going to go to college or am I going to get a job? What am I going to do after high school for me that wasn 't even a thought it was a given I had to go to college i didn 't even you know consider anything else just the way it was brought up and uh I tried to instill that same uh, level of education in my kids as well, but um you know that's something that once you have it, no one can take it away from you you know they can't they can't revoke it so um education is definitely key and my dad um went on like I said to own the c m Kemp company um but prior to that, Kemp invested greatly in him they um ended up sending him to Harvard to get his MBA. So, I mean, he left home, you know, it was a, an accelerated course, I believe, but he did live in uh, Massachusetts while he attended. And, you know, he was away from home for an extended period. Um, but that's something, you know, he'll always have. You can't mm-hmm. ever
0: take that away,
1: mm-hmm. so.
0: What type, of, what type of business, I feel like I should know this as a, um, as a person from Baltimore, but what type of business was the Kemp company?
1: Sam Kemp Company. So they, um, they were in, uh, they made, well, they made a lot of things. My dad's claim to fame is um, he is one of the inventors on a piece of equipment that takes nitrogen and makes natural gas or takes natural gas and makes nitrogen. Sorry, dad, I don't remember which one's which, but, um, and he traveled the world selling this thing. But basically, I think they, they mostly made um, dryer parts to dryers for big, um like car
0: dashboards and I don't really know it was a big manufacturing manufacturing so was he home a lot when you were growing up or was he traveling a lot for work um he traveled
1: a fair amount but I mean he was home most nights um unless he was on one of his trips you know um for this piece of equipment but he was home most nights
0: and and so tell me when you were a little kid do you remember thinking, I want to do like X, whatever X is, when I grow up?
1: Well, the first thing I can remember saying, I want to be that when I grow up, was um, a grocery store clerk. Mm-hmm. So I was about three years old, and I thought those ladies kept all that money they took from my mom every time. <laughs> and I thought, that's a job I want to have. Uh, <laughs> But no, then, you know, it really wasn't until probably age 35 or 40 that it dawned on me what I should have done, you know, mm-hmm. but my opinion, it's a little too late, but I should have gone to law school and become a lawyer. I uh, love sitting in the courtroom and listening to cases and, um, but time's gone for that. I, I toyed with the idea maybe after, you know, my kids are all out of college going back to law school, but... I don't think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. So how do you get into, um, so, so just give us the whole story, actually. I won't even take us through the timeline. How do you get into, Allogram as a family business, right? Generational family business. Set, set the table for what Allogram is and how you got into it. So um,
1: my mom went back to, you know, she had me when she was 16, Right. So she didn't um, go to college and she went to Towson back then, Towson State, um, and graduated with a degree in finance in 1981. And I graduated high school in 1982. So that was kind of a cool dynamic that we were both in school. But um, after she got her degree in finance, she was bored being a soccer mom. She was tired of driving my brothers, you know, to and from practice and whatever and wanted uh, something more to do. So they looked around and they found this little trophy shop in Odenton called Odenton Trophy. And uh, it was so tiny and small. The showroom was maybe 10 feet deep by 20 feet wide, and it had these western swinging doors that led to the work area. Um, Trophies were built in the cellar. I can't even call it a basement. You entered from the outside down the steps, and you had to be pretty short because the roof was low to cut columns and drill marble and that. Um, But anyway, uh, you know, they, they found this business and it was attractive to them. So they bought it and it was for my mom to run. And, and that's what she did. And that was in um, 1985. And uh, then... A year or so later, my dad had to sign a non-compete. He got bought out by Monsanto, and um, he couldn't work in his field. So he decided to go to work with mom in the trophy business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he brings his Harvard MBA to the business, and my mom was having a grand old time. She was just engraving up a storm and having fun, but it was more of a hobby for her. Um, And then dad comes and is like, we have to grow sales. We need a salesperson. And he starts banging on my door. Come on, Amanda, come, you know,
0: come sell awards. Now, how old are you about at this time?
1: I got out of college in 85 and I took a job in um, selling medical supplies. Okay. My closest boss was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The company was out of Chicago, Illinois. So I was pretty independent. I worked out of my car, my house, and I called on OBGYNs. And it was fun. You know, I got in my car in the morning, decided which way I wanted to go and headed that way. And um, and I really liked it. My father saw that I was doing well in sales. So he's like, come on, quit selling that stuff. Come sell awards. And many, many, many <laughs> meetings of him. Anytime I was home, you know, he would start his recruiting. Um, in 88, I gave in. <laughs> and I decided to uh, join the, the family business. Um, and I don't have a single regret. It's been a great ride and, um, I've enjoyed what I do and I've enjoyed growing the business. So to put some numbers in perspective, um, when they bought the business, I think it did 30,000 in revenue in a year, you know, and, uh, after my dad's and and it grew a little with my mom, but after my father's first year, I think it was 350,000. Um, and, last year we closed at uh, 1.5 million. So wow. we, you know, we're trying to grow it. And, you know, I hear these huge revenue numbers from all sorts of companies, uh, which is great. And if we sold jewelry, it'd probably be a lot more, but you know, when you
0: sell a $3 widget, you have to sell a whole lot of them to hit a million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. What, we, what is, you said a bunch of things that, are, that led, led to like a couple of questions in my mind. So. Do you, well, let's, let's, let's see where I want to start. What for, when you're talking about the business that you're in, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. Present day, let's talk about the pandemic. How does that affect your business? And then I'm going to go back to getting to where you are. So, the pandemic
1: has had a negative effect for sure um, on our industry across the board, just like the events industry, entertainment industry, um, movie theaters, my goodness, restaurants, you know, so many people have been affected. Specifically for us, though, with sporting events, youth sports being canceled, college sports, you know, who knows what's going on day to day. Um, So, that's the athletic side of it is way down. But even on the um, corporate side, it's down as well. And yet the need for recognition hasn't gone away. Uh, But with people working from home, not being in the office, uh, events being canceled, I mean, look at all of the um, events that have had to pivot and go virtual, um, or that just plain got canceled. So with all these things, um, April and May were just horrible, horrible months. You know, there was nothing going on. Um, now the last two three weeks, it's picked up, and you know I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, and here the virus is surging again, so it's you know maybe um, the fact that the need for recognition has not gone away, even though the workers have mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. is is coming back. But yeah, I think the industry average is probably down about fifty percent
0: overall across the board. So hopefully, there's brighter days ahead. What, what areas for, for people listening, what areas in your business um, are you either seeing, I don't know if I'll use the word growth based on what you just said, but where are areas that are people are interested in supporting or have a need for the type of work that you guys do? What are some areas that you're seeing over the past two couple weeks, like to use your words, an increase in or resurgence in, like what type of things could people be reaching out to you to say, hey, we need this. Can you guys do it?
1: Right. Well, I think some people are picking up where they left off back in March and playing catch-up and trying to recognize their years of service or that kind of thing. Um, I haven't really seen any sales awards coming through, so <laughs> it's not good. Um, but associations are uh, starting up again and, and being active again. And also clubs. It's a big uptick in clubs, uh, whether it's you know a, a fishing anglers club or whatever type. Um, organization people, you know, hobby with, um, mm-hmm. they're they're allowed, I guess, to now start meeting a little bit, or maybe they're just getting things together and catching up from earlier in the year. Um, and we did see an uptick in athletics there for a little bit. I think that's going to slow back down again. But um, there were, you know, it, there was a while <laughs> where we didn't go a lot. That long without building a trophy, I can't remember the last mm-hmm. time. I'm not big fan of trophies per se, but um, you know they are a part of the business. And generally, every day, if not every week, you're building a trophy. Uh, but I bet for April, May, June, July, August,
0: none. You know, in the in the history of you being involved with Allegram, has have, have you seen anything like this in terms of how your how the business has been affected?
1: No. No, never. I mean, I'm used to seeing growth. I'm used to, um, you know, figuring out what piece of equipment we want to get next. What cool thing do we want to be able to do in-house next? Um, and I've never seen anything like this. I don't think anybody
0: has. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, so let's go, I want to, I want to go back a little bit. I want to actually, I'm not going to, this is not timeline related. These are just general questions that, um, because obviously i i know you and i think that you have i think you're super intelligent and capable and i have no doubt that going through this pandemic i mean just as an outsider looking in i feel like you've just navigated it as well as anybody in your position could um going so these are two just general questions the first one is talk about family business talk about the dynamics of that uh let's start there the second one is uh, Somewhat related, but let's talk about family dynamics. So, for all the people out there listening that are involved in a family business or considering getting into a family business, what has been your experience?
1: Um, you know, it, overall, it's been great, but there are definitely challenges that we face in a family business. Um, I think we treat family worse than we would treat an enemy, <laughs> right? At times, you know, there's there's no filter, so you know, you you're likely to say something to your family member that you wouldn't say to an employee or you wouldn't say to a coworker. Um, so that, that has brought on many challenges for us. And, um, my dad and I had them going through the years, um, at different times. I mean, I remember begging for a fax machine in like 1991, <laughs> you know, Radio Shack sold them. They were thousand dollars. I'm like, we need this dad. What do we need that for? We don't need that, you know. Dad, you don't understand. You know? I mean, I almost felt like a kid asking for a car at sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I see the other side of the family dynamic because my daughter joined the business. My oldest um, back in twenty fourteen and or twenty sixteen. I'm sorry, I don't remember, but um, she's taken over. Running Baltimore, I'm in Virginia now, and she is running Baltimore and doing a killer job. Uh, Employees call me and tell me what a wonderful job she's doing, so that's awesome. Um, But we now we have the opposite side of that dynamic where I'm my dad, and I'm trying not to be that dinosaur who won't buy a fax machine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's interesting how the the dynamics probably remain the same generation to generation, but the. the technologies or the, just the current state change, but there's still that younger generation probably trying to push a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned your daughter, which leads me to my next question. Talk a little bit about the, I'll call it integration. Uh, integration, you're a mom of three? Four. Four, mom of four. The integration of work with family and, and not, not, in, not within the business, but just being a mom and running a business. What has been your experience? What, has been, what have been your challenges? What advice do you have out there for other working parents of any kind or um, entrepreneurs or women specifically? So um, raising
1: kids and working full-time, it's a challenge. It's a juggle, absolutely. Uh, But, you know, I think you can do anything you put your mind to. There's a will, there's a way, right? So um, I'm really super proud of my girls. Um, Two of them are engineers. Um, the third one is a sophomore in an engineering curriculum at Maryland. Maryland's one of the toughest engineering schools in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tough to get in, especially for in-state residents. But, um, you know, I'm really proud of them. They're all super smart and beautiful. And my oldest ones are just killing it out there in the world. So, so, you know, I very, very proud. Um, but. It was a long road to get here. (laughs) Uh, Four girls, um, you know, mothers and daughters, they can be very, very close, but they can fight too. And, you know, we've had our rounds. Um, They are strong-willed, which I want them to be, independent and strong-willed. But that makes a bigger challenge to parent. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we we did it. We made it. And... uh, It's been a great time raising them and it's, it's bittersweet because now they're almost all of them are out on their own. I mean, I have one left that might be home for one more summer, maybe, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then she'll be out on her own. Um, But I just enjoy sitting back and watching them flourish. Mm -hmm. And it's so much fun to get together with them and hang out with them you know, now that they, they were really adults, all of them. I mean, even the youngest is 18. Um, so we have, we have a good time.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing around here. Um, I want to go back to, uh, to Allogram. So you go into the business, you get in there doing sales. How does it evolve to you taking over the business?
1: Well, I think um, every business needs a succession plan. And uh, I think uh, once I got in there and um, started selling the product and learning the ropes, um, I talked earlier about education, how education is so key to my parents um, and how they brought me up. I immediately was enrolled in all the industry classes, learned how to run all the equipment, learned how to do design um, I got my CRS designation, which I kid around and says, uh, say, excuse me <laughs> <I kid around laughs> that CRS means can't remember shit." <laughs> it really stands for certified recognition specialist, and it just equates to many hours of classroom learning. Um, so I started to um, you know grow the business alongside my dad, and I was his natural succession plan and um, The way uh, we structured the deal was sweet for me because I didn't have to actually outlay any cash. You know, it was transferred um, so much a year over a 10-year period and, you know, time flies. (laughs) That was many years ago Um, and he was so smart though. He did it, instead of getting lawyers and accountants involved every year for this transfer, we did it on December 31st and January 1st, every other year. So, mm-hmm. you know, that way we only had to have the, the uh, professionals involved half, half
0: the amount of time, right. half the amount of time, half the amount of cost. <laughs> right. <laughs> what would you, what advice would you give your, uh, your younger self? And it can be anything from something huge or something, you know, I remember I walked out of this one meeting and I wish that I would have done something different.
1: I think I would have uh, told my younger self go to law school. <laughs> you know, I mean, even even in my position today, I think um, having a legal background or being an attorney is it would be beneficial. You know, mm-hmm. not that I would be a practicing attorney necessarily, but I just think you know what you learn and ways of thinking are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Either that or engineering, which
0: you know would also Be a great career. And some of your daughters are doing. There you go. Now, law school, would you, uh, are you like a litigation type lawyer in your, in in another life? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Probably. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is to debate. Um, A few years back, we, I had a why specialist come into the company Mm -hmm. and help us all discover our whys. And you know, there's seven whys out there that everyone falls into one of these and mine is to uh, to find a better way. And, you know, so I'm always looking for better ways of doing things. And it, once my team understood that that was my why, it made working together much easier because when they would come to me with a solution or a suggestion and I would love it, it would be great. And I'm like, but what if we did this too, you know, and this. And I think without them knowing what my why was, that would belittle them maybe, or make them feel like I didn't really appreciate their suggestion, when in reality, their suggestion was wonderful. It's just part of my nature to, to keep it going and, and make it better, you know? So, I don't know, probably a fault, but- <laughs>
0: <laughs> A strength, a strength, an, an opportunity. Um, do you, is there a, going into your family business, And with the balance, like what was the dot, if you remember this, what was the inner monologue that you had at the time of go to law school or go to family business? Did you feel, I don't know another word besides obligation. Did you feel obligated to go into your family business? Did you feel like it was just the next best thing?
1: No, not at all. And law school wasn't even in the picture. I didn't even think about law school until I was mid thirties, late thirties. Okay. Dawned on me that, Hey, you know what? This is what I should have (laughs) done. Um, no, the family business. Um, I, like I said, I was selling medical supplies and I was also, um, I got my life insurance license and I was selling life insurance and, and I was just, I, I like to earn money. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like nice things. I don't expect anyone to give me anything. I'm, I'm perfectly capable of, you know, being self-sufficient and earning it on my own. Uh, but I like to work and I like to, I like to earn money. So I was doing a bunch of different things, had side hustles. And I had at one point I had, uh, I was doing event planning. All my girlfriends were getting married, then babies. So we had wedding showers, weddings, baby showers. Um, anyway, so I had that going for a while, but, um, my dad was Steady Eddie. Every time I saw him, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, you know, if I, I I don't know what actually made me say, "Okay, I'll do it." Um, but I, I guess he just wore me down, you know, yeah. and I finally agreed to at least give it a try. Um, so I did, and you know, like I said, no regrets. Here yeah. you are. Yeah, here I am.
0: So you're a you're a and anybody that um, I think talks with you within the first 10 minutes of talking with you, I, I just remember this from the first time meeting you, like, um, that you're, you're a hustler, right? Like you just, you just give off that vibe of like, I hustle, I have a good work ethic. I'm smart. Um, what did you always want to be an entrepreneur or start your own business, or you just wanted to work and make money?
1: Yeah, no, I think I always wanted to, uh, be a, be my own boss, have my own business. Um, uh, growing up another conversation I had with my dad, I, when I was in high school, I worked at a clothing store called Jean Scene. Mm-hmm. And, uh I loved it. But when I, I worked there from the time I was 16 till the time I was 18 to leave for college. And I went to college with less than $500 in my bank account because I spent it all where I worked. Uh, but I really, I really liked that. And retails, you know, long hours and kind of not, a favorite of many. Um, anyway, so my dad and I would talk and he's like, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, we should open up a clothing store. Cause like I said, my mom in, in 81 finished college, they're looking for, you know, something new. Maybe we should open up a clothing store. So I think in the, uh, looking back, my father probably had a, an image or a, a dream of whatever it was that they do being a family business and, and, you know, perpetuating on, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm thrilled to have been able to take it to the next level and I'm looking forward to watching my daughter take it to another level and, um, you know, involve it wherever it has to go, whatever we have to do, um, to remain relevant.
0: I have uh, I have two more questions and I'm going to get to rapid fire. Um, uh, my first question is, uh, how do you define success? Happiness. Life's too short
1: to be unhappy. Say that one more time. Life is too short to be unhappy.
0: I love that. And it's that simple and clean for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I preach to my kids all the time find your passion. You know, you got to find your passion because if you get a job doing what you're passionate about and you love it, you'll never work a day in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so true. It's so
0: true. Who along the way, and maybe it was your parents, maybe it was other people, who have been some of your, if if any, mentors?
1: I think I've had um, many mentors. Um, My parents certainly were were a mentor from a very young age. I think they um, set my work ethic. Uh, But I, um, through the years, meet a lot of people and some of them just uh, connect and just resonate with me and and i i look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and i learn from that um one recent one i mean she's retired now and i don't know if you know her or not but wanda smith
0: wanda of symphony placements oh um, I, I met her no i don't i don't i met her once many years ago for 10 seconds but, but oh. She, you know, she was, um, she worked for
1: other people most of her career. And I think she was 65 when she stepped out on her own and then she killed it. I mean, she's on the Inc. 5000 list and this won this and that, and she just killed it. And now she's transit, her transition plan is being executed and she's transitioning out, but, um, to just meet her and hang out with her and learn from her, um,
0: you know, definitely. What is your, what do you think is your main takeaway? Like from her as an example, what's the the one thing that really resonated with you?
1: Um, you can do anything you put your mind to.
0: I love it. That's simple. (laughs) I love it. Um, for people that want to, um, to get in touch with you or get in touch with Allogram, what's the best way to to contact you? Well,
1: uh, my favorite mode of communication these days is email because <laughs> it's so easy. And that's Amanda at Allogram.com. Um, but we have the three showrooms. They're all open. Uh, they are limited hours. In Maryland, we're open 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then in Virginia, it's 9 to 4
0: um, And where in Maryland are your showrooms and where in Virginia? Maryland,
1: we're in Timonium on Greenspring Drive and Odenton um, right outside of Fort Meade. And in Virginia, we're
0: in Norfolk. Nice. And then your website, people want to go on there and check some things out, Allogram.com? Allogram.com, A-L-L-O-G-R-A-M. And and I can say, I mean, it's obviously no no secret that we're doing a little bit of stuff with you. now, and I've been wildly impressed. It didn't surprise me, by the way. Not, I'm not surprised at all. I almost expected it for what it's worth. Uh, but your your responsiveness, specifically, and just your your t- you and your team's responsiveness is just incredible. I mean, the service component of that, and I've heard that also from other people that have interacted with you or with your business. The service component and responsiveness is just exceptional.
1: I have an exceptional team. I'll tell you, they work great together. I am so proud of them, um, especially because I've pretty much stepped out, and I'm in Virginia now, and they are killing it in Maryland. And my graphics team is so talented, they can take the most humdrum idea and make it phenomenal. Um, and customer service between phones and emails, I mean, it's been a, um, a goal all along, you know, we need to be responsive, we need to respond within an hour, and, you know, we have different Um, metrics that we try to
0: keep up with but they
1: just they kill it they do a great job
0: that's awesome and certainly a um, a representation set by your leadership and example so that's awesome to see I love it when companies are just responsive and customer service is like at the top of their list and it's clear that that's like a priority for you guys so um, awesome good job if nothing else yeah um, all right, I'm gonna go into rapid fire. Is there anything else that you wanna cover that we haven't covered? Because these questions are totally unrelated. Nope. Nope, all right. So these are, just pick one of the answers. Again, they're unrelated to what we talked about so far, about seven or eight questions. Uh, Netflix or cable? Netflix. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Brick or stone? Stone. Country or city? Country. Beach or mountain? Beach. Grass or sky? Sky. Astronaut or deep sea diver? Astronaut. Coffee or tea? Tea. And now my bonus question, on Netflix, is there a series that you're into or anything right now or that you're for oh Is there a series I haven't watched right now We're <laughs> watching The Crown? Uh, I haven't seen that one. So, yeah,
1: we're still in season one, um, but I'm looking forward to when it gets to Diana days because, you know, that should be history I remember. Right. But if there's a Netflix
0: series that's been in the top 10, I've seen it. (laughs) We're just, uh, my husband and I are just getting now into uh, Queen's Gambit. Okay. Yeah, we finished that one. Oh, you did. Okay. All right. Don't spoil it for me. We're a couple episodes in. Um, Yeah.
1: There's been some uh, ones that are not appropriate and others that are hilarious and even a few snoozers along the way. But yeah, (laughs) it's definitely a hobby, uh, Netflix.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is, well, thank you, Amanda, so much before I wrap us up. Thank you for taking the time to to talk and love learning about your story and your business. And obviously I adore you outside of uh, just doing this podcast. So wish you and your company nothing but success.
1: Thank you very
0: much, Lauren. Greatly appreciate it. This is the Lauren Asgari podcast, How'd Her Career Get There? And again, my guest is Amanda Giannotti. He was the president of Allegram. We'll see you all next time. Let's talk a bunch of different topics. How'd her career get there? This is a podcast with Lauren Asgari.